Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach! Yes! All right! (laughs) First touchdown of the year. (laughs) Miami Hurricanes, yeah. You know the name. Already, it's Mercy. <laughs> it's a six red cane show. Can't forget the name, though. Got jazz, blue, vision, DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. We see the six red champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond a hundred yards of wrong with us seriously what's wrong with us we're miami hurricanes fans welcome to the six rings cane show a show dedicated to miami hurricane sports featuring the legendary larry bluestein jazz santana vish and danny gillette let's go canes welcome back everybody to the six rings king show our monday night edition here uh joined by vish dj larry bluestein and uh myself my name is Jazz. Hello, everybody. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Good. Good. Can't complain. Got a uh, W under our belt. Yeah, a W, baby. A win is a win is a win, baby. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, um, that's right, man. And we, we know who we are. We know we got things to work on. And, uh, you know, hopefully throughout the season, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see these uh, these guys kind of uh, progress and develop into a really fine football team. In, in the coming in the coming uh, I guess you know couple of years with other other coach Mario Cristobal. Anyways, but before we even get it going, I guess we got to give a shout out to 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 our boys, right? Literally our boys. <laughs> um, now nah, Manscaped, shout out to our uh, uh, excuse me to our. Um, <sighs> Jazz getting emotional over yeah, here about his boys. Yeah, it's been a long it's been a long day, man. To our to our sponsors, man, man Manscaped. Uh make sure you guys check them out. Go to manscaped.com. You see right there, it's the platinum package. You also got the performance package. So uh I mean everything you need to kind of take care of your your manhood, to take care of your uh, keep them fresh, keep them clean. And um it's it's an absolutely awesome package, man. The performance package gives 4.0 has everything you need to prepare this, your your uh, your winter body, your fall body, baby. Uh, inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, their weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, um, and then your crop preserver ball deodorant, your crop reviver toner, your performance boxer briefs. They give you some of those and a travel bag to hold on to all your goodies. Not necessarily your goodies, but you know the stuff that. <laughs> You just got all right. Um, yeah, make sure you guys check them out. Go to manscaped.com. Uh, when you fill out your order, whatever it is that you, you choose, make sure you put in the code word. Uh, what's the code phrase? I guess five RSN. I don't even know if it's a phrase, whatever. Five RSN, the number five RSN, 
put in the code 5RSN, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping on anything that you do order through manscaped.com. Uh, again, that's the five reasons sports um, special there is you guys make sure you go on to manscaped.com, get all your good stuff as you uh, keep yourself um, nice and fresh and clean and, uh, and manscaped, manscaped.com, code word 5RSN, 20% off plus free shipping and handling. And that's about it for manscaped.com. Um, fellas, I know we went we went over it a little bit on on Sunday. I'm sorry, on Saturday after the uh, after the game. Uh, a win, right? 20 to 14 over Virginia Tech. Started off real hot. Looked like we were absolutely dominating through three quarters of football. And uh, the wheels didn't fall off, but we kind of uh, let up a little bit in that last quarter. Uh, we're talking about, I mean, the biggest thing, as Vish will probably talk about a little bit now, is is the penalties. We had 17 penalties, I think it was, uh, for over 140 yards. Definitely not a good way to, um, to I, I guess, to, to, to kind of uh, finish off a team. To you, you, can't, you can't have that many penalties and expect to win big games, right, uh, against really good teams. So that's definitely something that's going to have to be cleaned up. But uh, just real quick, kind of your your – Closing thoughts on the Virginia Tech game, and we'll kind of move on to Duke. Uh, we can start off with you, Vish. Go ahead. Yeah, like like you said, I think on the well, let's start with some positives. So, um, three quarters of complete domination, other than the penalties, which is I keep saying this, but we didn't get up twenty to nothing on accident. It was domination. The, the score just should have been worse, um, and then the penalties kind of killed a bunch of drives and stuff. But shout out to Akeem Mesidor. Defensive player of the week in college football uh, for the defensive lineman from the Walter from Walter camp, three and a half sacks. I didn't realize he had that many sacks on Saturday. I saw that after. I know. After, I, was like, after I thought he, he had like a, a sack and a half and he was just back there. But Well, we were, I was watching a college game day final with my nephew and, you know, they do the helmet stickers at the end. We had a helmet out there. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> and he's giving it to Mesidor for it. Then he put a stat line up there. I was like, oh, my God, three and a half sacks. Yeah. Uh, so awesome performance for him. Headley also was honored by the ACC as the obviously Mesidor won the ACC defensive lineman too. If you win in the national one, probably winning your conference one. Um, but Headley also won ACC specialist of the week. He punted awesome. So we kind of control the whole game, I guess. Just the penalties meant that the score wasn't as big as it should have been. In particular, the pre-snap penalties from the offensive line killed a couple of drives. That if you even if you just kick a couple of field goals. That's an extra score. They need the game's basically over. So left a minute, had some penalties extend some of their drives in the fourth quarter. And that also, um, you know, contributed pretty heavily to them getting back in the game a little bit. But I get, again, I don't want to be overly negative when we finally won a game. So, you know, when, when it came down to it, they kicked it deep with three and a half minutes left and two timeouts and never saw the ball again. So as much as we're struggling running the football, and we certainly are, we were able to grind out that last drive, you know, doing some stuff like Van Dyke on, a, on, a, on an option keeper, and all, but we got the chains moved, and, you know, and the whole weird thing where we weren't running the clock down correctly, we, we iced the game. So a lot of positives to take away. Um, Cristobal obviously was very, uh, let's just say I wouldn't want to be in that locker room given his, his comments on the uh, penalties. Um, so, um, you know, that that's... Um, Overall, it's definitely a positive. It's a road ACC win, and as bad as Virginia Tech is, you know, those aren't easy. Um, and certainly um, when a team like, let's say, our, this week's opponent, Duke, is bad, and you go on the road, there's like three people in the stands. We went on homecoming. It was still full. They still had a crowd behind them. So it's a good good road win, one that we needed. By the way, uh, before we move on, Les, we'll definitely answer that question. Anybody that has any questions today, we'll definitely be taking them as well but it's a good question and we'll definitely cover that uh dj i was impressed with the play of uh, colby young on saturday i i believe his final statistics were nine catches for 110 yards and a touchdown he kind of got his feet wet so to speak against unc last weekend and now he really kind of made an impact and and he came to play um you know there's been talk about trying to find a deep threat uh, following the departures of guys like Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley. And, you know, yes, it's one game. I'm not ready to crown him the ultimate deep threat yet, but a strong showing from Young and his connection with Tyler Van Dyke certainly left me feeling happy and optimistic about his potential role in the offense for the future. 
Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Blue, uh, Gary, we'll, we'll probably uh, mention that as well. We've got we've got some stuff to kind of cover before we get to Duke. Just just from a football standpoint, not not necessarily the Virginia Tech game, but kind of your final thoughts there, Blue, on on Virginia Tech and and what you like, you know, what you saw that you liked out of this Canes team. Well, the one thing that we've all been waiting for is them to come out with a purpose, and they did. I mean, you know, every game they seem like they're just there. Uh, and, and Coach Cristobal is the most fired up guy on the field. Well, it didn't happen like that this time. And, you know, getting out to the big lead, I liked it. Um, yeah, obviously, we, anytime you're going to talk about this game, you're going to talk about penalties because you're going to say, well, we could have had that drive extend. We could have scored 40 points. So that obviously has to be addressed um, in every game. It doesn't really matter. I mean, if, if Duke – I mean, Duke is probably as good as Virginia Tech, so you don't want to, you know, you don't. And, and their offense, I know, is more consistent, so you don't want to start. The worst thing is is to to come up with a play that that was well drawn up, well executed, and then look across the field and see uh, another flag. And uh, there were some really tough penalties, but there were some tick tacky type of things, you know, added onto there too. That you know, I mean, it, you know, just I just thought it was a really good. As this said, three quarter performance, and then um, you know mistakes kind of let Virginia Tech, and you got the crowd, and you know I listen, like we said on Saturday in the post game show, you got to give that crowd props. I mean, that was in Miami, everybody would left, <laughs> you know, but they hung around to the end, you know. I mean, so I, I um. I'm going to be like Vish. I'm not going to say anything negative. A win, we needed the win too much. I mean, it was really important, well, not just to stay in the race, but just for the sanity of everybody that, you know, knows that we could play a lot better than we, we played against, obviously, uh, inferior opponent in Middle Tennessee State, but certainly a game, you know, and on North Carolina, I thought, you know, I mean, you look, I mean, North Carolina's not, again, they're not bad. Uh, so Miami really, I think that's when things started turning around in the second half of that game against North Carolina, and it kind of followed suit in the Virginia Tech. And uh, yeah, if they come out like uh, they want to play this game and get in a big lead, uh, they can play with basically anybody left on their schedule, even Clemson if they play mistake-free football. <clears throat> yeah, the only the only thing that the only thing right now that I think that would would kind of hinder us in, in any game really is. Sometimes a lack of depth at certain positions, right? Um, and, and of course, the injury bug. Look, the, I know the injury bug has bit everybody. It really has, right? So that's not, that's not really an excuse. But the the fact of the matter is that you probably played down three three offensive linemen. You played down two two running backs essentially. Um, you played down, uh, you know, a, a cornerback. You played down, uh, you know, some some guys on, on defense as well. So. But, mm. but there, again, everybody is dealing with that, right? So I think that at this point, you're just going to have to uh, keep developing these young guys that are going to start getting some playing time now and um, and roll with what you got. Now, I will say this, right? Like, I think everybody has this question, and Les, Les brought it up right there, right? So, you know, how long will it take for, for us to fix our running game? What's causing our running game issues, play calling, linemen, or running backs? So I don't I'll, – I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. I don't think it's a play calling. Okay, I think at some point you got to realize, right? We we we've talked about this. We said we are who we are. This team is going to throw the football a lot, yeah, especially you're not going to take it away from TVD, who's got the hot hand, who's now he's all of a sudden boom, he's back to good old TVD where he's spreading the football around. He's throwing for over 300 yards. He's um, you know he's he's doing exactly what we thought he would be doing, um, and yeah, we are struggling with the running game. I just think the, the bottom line is. You know, we just don't have a lot of depth. The the offensive line is not playing very well, okay. Um, and when you look at some of these top running running programs in the country, the Michigans of the world, um, you know, Ohio State, whoever you know, uh, whoever you want to talk about, like these guys have absolute monsters on the offensive line, right? Michigan probably has the best offensive line in the country. Um, you know, the scheme is there. I think Gaddis can. I mean, it's not even only about scheme. You got to open holes, <laughs> and if you don't yeah. open holes, it doesn't matter what the scheme Good. is. If you're not I opening agree. any holes, the, the running backs can't get through. So, um, it, it's I think it's a, it's just it's just a mix of everything, right? The linemen, the running backs are are having some issues as well. Uh, you know, with health, but um, 
I think at this point, I think fans are going to have to realize that th- this football program, <laughs> this team is going to throw a lot. <laughs> they're going to throw it often. And, you know, if they find if they find something that they like from the running game, then, yeah, then they'll start using it and they'll do it. And, and you might see a couple games where they run it for 150, 200 yards. You might see that, but it's not going to be the constant. It's not going to be the norm. I think that we, we have to kind of accept that right now. We're still building out this offensive line. Um, there's some players missing, and right now um, <clears throat> that's what we're going to have to deal with. I don't know what you guys think about the office, uh, about the running game, but I just think that that's, that's kind of the direction we're heading right now. Well, it, it is, but we still need to be more effective than we have been. Um, and, you know, they did some interesting things. That's, that's where Ja'Kari Brown's package came from. Right, that's so, so Exactly. I, yeah. I, I don't – the reason I don't think it's the play calling is – I feel like last year, I mean, when we ran, it was almost like the same play over. Like, there was one play that we called. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he tried everything. He tried, you know, misdirections. He tried getting outside, tried to run up the – it's just – the offensive line is definitely a major factor. It's also – I mean, I don't think it's an accident that we put Lesha Stanley in and we started picking up better yardage. I mean, Jalen Knight is just not – there right now um, but I, you know what i think i like the best about that that you call them luscious that's, that's spelled, that's was it luscious? luscious 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 i like it you luscious just, you just pull luscious yards there. per like, carry man luscious, he, got he got he had, he had like six yards of carry so. a wow wow well, games after dark here <laughs> i like it i like yeah, it i like it's, it it's, it's after eight we're good um so so but but I mean, I thought the yards per carry, like his his runs were much better because he just was decisive. Because this offensive line is not going to open up those you know mile wide holes that you can dance through. You got to go and you know if there's a gap, you kind of got to hit it because it's going to close. And even then, you're probably going to get four or five yards, but it's better than nothing. And something's wrong with Knight. And I don't know if he's still injured or lost confidence with the fumbles, but he's just not running the same way he did last year. And without Parrish, you know that. I think the the running back injuries are having because Parrish tends to maximize yardage, so some of these zero yard ones <laughs> turn into you know two, three, four yards, and then you can stick with it a little bit more. So, right. looks like he'll be back this week. I think that'll help a lot. Parrish, yeah. And by the way, for those asking about Don Cheney, I think Mario Cristobal said another four weeks. So we're probably not going to see him this year. I'm just that's just yeah, my probably not. Yeah. I'm not going to see him at all this year. Um, and then you've got some. <clears throat> I would say the only thing is if, like, I mean, based on the way this is going, probably not. But you know, if UNC collapses and there's chances to like win the coastal and go play the ACC championship game, we might pull him back. But if we're, you know, five and four or something, it's like I don't think we're gonna we're gonna force him out there. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else. Oh, you know, look, Gary. Uh, <laughs> As far well, yeah. Did he look scared? Yeah, he looks. He looks. He looks hesitant. He definitely does look hesitant. But uh, regarding the clock management, uh, I I really want to get y'all's take on this because you know we we complained about the clock. I, at least I did a little bit, right? Complained a little bit about the clock management, the drive before the one where we ran out the clock. Do you think that they played that possession correctly, or do you think that that was poor clock management. I mean, obviously we're, we're not in the coach's booth. We don't know what's going on down there, but your thoughts on how Mario Cristobal blew. And I'll start off with you on this and we'll go to DJ, but your thoughts on how they manage the clock. And if it was, if, if there was an issue with what, you know, Cristobal did there in that, on that drive, you're, you're muted blue. You're muted. You're muted. Blue. You're muted. Can you not hear us either? Probably not. You're muted. Uh, no, I didn't Wait, figure it out. It. Sorry, I just uh, I was there talking and I forgot. <laughs> um, we kind of no walked. We kind of went through this the other day, where even Mario Cristobal, you could see him uh, telling Tyler, "Slow down, slow down." You know, take it all the way down. So I don't think it was so. I think the coaching staff probably told them. And, uh, you know, said, listen, let's milk it all the way down. And they, I think Tyler got ahead of himself because there was two plays, actually. But you could see that, that that Mario especially wasn't on board with snapping that ball so so quick. So 
I don't think it was on the coaching. I think that they probably told him, you know, it's basic football. I don't think that any anybody's going to take, you know, any chances, although you never know. But I not in this case because you could see. Like you could see him during that one play. He wanted him to take it down to about two, three seconds and then snap it because right. why give them 12 seconds, you know, on the clock? So, yeah, that's – and I don't – I'm not going to blame the coaches on that. That wasn't – if anything, that was, you know, it was on Tyler because he's running the ship. You know, I mean, he's the one that is calling the uh, calling the signals, and he's the one that can slow or slow up the tempo or you know speed it up on his own. So he he kind of like was reminded, and I I don't think you'll see much of that anymore. I you know it didn't cost us the game, and I'm sure if it was a tie game, they wouldn't have done. You know, he would have even probably thought, but he he had so I'm I'm sure that I wouldn't want to be in Tyler Van Dyke's head sometimes because he's probably got things coming from everywhere. You know, I mean his receivers, his running backs. Uh, he's got a quarterback coach. He's got an offensive coordinator and everybody wants to be the person who's going to correct what's going on. And, uh, you know, so to me, I'm, I think he'd be tempted to just put his, his, his fingers in his ears and just listen to himself. And cause he's now he's experienced. He's gotten, you know, what, 17 games under his belt so I, or 15 games under his belt. So he knows, he knows what to do. And uh, but I think to answer the question, I think that was basically on him more than it was on the coaching staff. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, I would just say, I think the entire fourth quarter was a little bit mismanaged situationally. Um, we could have worked the clock better throughout the quarter, certainly defensively. You know, you got you got to play situations there. We gave up some long yardage, we didn't need to allow them to school a little bit more quickly. That. I mean, the, the first touchdown was frankly a joke defensively from a play call and execution standpoint where if you make that stop, we're not talking about the rest of this because it's 20 to nothing still. And we just basically just everyone shuts it down at that point. So I, I think situational football as a team, we need to get better at. Now, my expectation is that that is the last time we're going to see Van Dyke in a we're trying to run the clock out situation, snapping it with ten on the clock. I don't right. think it's going to happen. I don't think I that's going to happen again. But if you're up twenty to nothing in the fourth quarter, we sh- we could have managed that a lot better than we did. Just overall, um, gave up again third and fourth and longs. Where there were a couple of there were several plays where Virginia Tech had the ball. If we just made one more play, the game was over, right. and we never made that play. It ended up being the offense having to run the clock out. So. You know, there's stuff we just need to get better situationally, but winning helps do that. Oh, yeah. Um, you'll have more confidence the next time that you're going to not do. I think once they, once they, I, if you guys remember, like when they crossed mid, <coughs> midfield in the fourth quarter, like the counter is like, wow, they crossed midfield. It was that much more domination <laughs> up to that point. Because the only other time they had was when they fumbled on that long play on the first drive. They didn't cross midfield since then. So they were like, wow. And then, you know, we had him in third and goal from the 15. If you just make the stop there, the game is over. Yeah. Cause they field goal doesn't do anything for them. And, and we kind of, we had a bad, bad play call, bad execution. They got a touchdown on a swing pass to their running back in the flat, which is just without having to break a tackle. <laughs> like that's just which, bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the one that then leads to everything else we're talking about. You stop them there. We're just going to run the ball in the middle of the line, the rest of the quarter and punt and, and win 20 to nothing. Like, I mean, that's what was going to happen because everyone just shuts it down at that point. So, you know, you live, you learn. Let's hope they get better at it. I mean, the ultimate goal, Gary, to your point, is that we're good enough or we're not in these close games where the game management is under such a microscope, right? I mean, that's good teams don't end up in these games every week. Um, and then you don't notice as much. Like, is Nick Saban good at managing clock? I don't know. Alabama's yeah. <laughs> yeah. usually up by 20. Like, like, never, really, never really had to worry about it, you know? Although questionable last week, right? I mean, oh. everyone. I mean, yeah, let, 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 I, let's look at it this way, right? The best coach in NFL history is Bill Belichick, right? By record and by trophies. That game where Seattle blew the Super Bowl by throwing, he's not using like he got away with that. He wasn't using his timeouts. He was letting Seattle run the clock out when he had three timeouts left. They would have had plenty of time to get the ball back. But, then but no one remembers that. No one, yeah, really no one remembers, remembers that now. It's because like they're not they're not in those situations. New England never lost games back then. They don't they don't know how to manage the clock defensively. Try to get the ball back when you're losing. Like they don't know how to do these things. So fun times, fun times. Oh, well, think about God, this. I went right least... to Danny's Danny's, Danny's happy place there. But um... 
at least Miami, <laughs> at least Miami's goalposts won't be in the Miami River. You know, I well, mean, like I mean, if you uh, try to score in the field in Miami, you're gonna oh end up in jail gosh. after getting a beating. So probably not a good idea. On top of on top of losing like thirty thousand dollar goalposts, the S- the SEC fined them a hundred thousand dollars. And now oh, they're asking for donations. That's the best part. Yeah, and they're and they had a hundred and five thousand people. Come on. Yeah. At like seventy dollars or a hundred and something dollars a head. Uh, come on. Let's not be petty about it. I, I think it was kind of poor judgment for the students to carry the damn thing out. Usually they just take it down. Right. That was crazy. Yeah, I found that interesting. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, I was worried. What was? What do you say? I was worried seeing the VT running back. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried about what FSU and Clemson are going to do. We we got a lot of time. We're not there yet. No, let's see what happens. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to happen before then. So yeah, we'll tackle that. Let's. You you want a professional transition? I am worried about Duke. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I saw them play this weekend. They look pretty good. Not bad at all. Got some. They've got some players over there. DJ uh, Riley Leonard, their quarterback. Pretty damn good run. Uh, pretty damn good quarterback over there. Uh, it's thrown for uh, let's look at let's look at the numbers here real quick. How about a guy that's thrown for uh, fifteen hundred yards, Not nine terrible. touchdowns, uh, nine touchdowns and four interceptions. T- actually, him and the uh, TVD right now are pretty close when it comes to that. But the the the, the telling the telling uh, uh, stat here, DJ is is the rushing yards. That man can run, huh? He had 130 yards against uh, North Carolina last Saturday, so he can run, which may uh, present a bit of a problem for the Miami Hurricanes defense a little bit because, you know, you got to respect the pass, but you also have to worry about the run. And one thing I just noticed, I was watching some of his highlights from uh, one of the games he was in, I think it was Temple, which granted isn't very good, I don't think. But anyway, um, you know, he got the ball out quick. Leonard did. He made good decisions. He went quickly through his progressions. And, you know, he throws a very good football. And, you know, I think this is going to be another quarterback challenge. We had one with Drake May and uh, UNC. And, you know, we managed to force two interceptions on May's part. So I think, you know, we do have the talent to get after uh, Leonard and, you know, make him uncomfortable. It's just about getting there, much like May, and, you know, allowing him to do that. Because if they don't, it could be a long day. I mean, this this Leonard kid is really, really good. Yeah, he was really highly recruited coming out of high school. He came from Alabama, and uh, uh, Auburn obviously was on him, a lot of schools. I think Vanderbilt kind of led. The kid's got like a 4-3 GPA, so he's a, he comes out there and tries to outthink you as well. So, um yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. He's a really good uh, dual threat guy, um, over 2,000 yards of total offense. And, yeah, and uh, those type of quarterbacks kind of give Miami fits. But I feel – I don't feel terrible about Miami's defense. I That's not – I don't think that's the problem right now. I, You know, their defense is really, in some cases, overachieving. A lot of the guys are coming and playing. Like you said last week, Vish, about – uh, you know, the linebacker play, you take a look at a guy like Wesley Besaint and he's, you know, getting in the mix and, and uh, playing real well. And their secondary has got some experience and guys who are high power five recruits in there. So, yeah, I'm not really worried. I think they'll they'll watch film. They'll figure things out. I, I don't think you're going to see a middle Tennessee state game because they're just I think they've moved on from that. I think they're you know, they I think that they didn't game plan in that middle Tennessee state game. And now they've had an opportunity to watch Duke play a couple of times, especially against an opponent they played against and see how they attack them. And uh, I think that's what uh, this week is all about, watching film, watching situations. And, uh, you know, what do they do on third and long? What do they do on second and short, you know, and things like that. So I think that they'll be ready. Uh, you know, they per- they weren't ready against Middle Tennessee State. You could tell they were on their heels. They just – weren't prepared. I thought they were ready last week. They came out and played uh, defensively. They did X for three, well, like Vish said, almost uh, three and a half quarters. I mean, they shut them down completely. So I think the defense is really, really starting to creep back in and, and playing really good football. And I think it kind of started in college station, you know, where they played and, and, and held a pretty quote unquote potent offense at home in front of a hostile crowd, you know, to half the yards that they got, they, they didn't win, but, um, yeah, I, I agree with uh, 
Uh, DJ, uh, you know, Leonard's a really good quarterback. He's a guy that's going to open up their offense. They run the ball extremely well. They're big up front. So we'll see. You know, you just got to got to play each game as they come. You know, like when you look down the line, say, what about FSU and Clemson? Let's worry about Duke. Then we'll start progressing as because Miami's not in that mode now. You know, somebody like Tennessee or Georgia or something could look down the line and say, well, we got to play Florida. We got to play. Yeah, Miami can't do that. They got to look. Because, like, I, I think after last week, it kind of showed us there's not one game, not one game left on the schedule that's going to be a uh, slam dunk. Nope. Uh, and, by the way, you mentioned it, Blue. They actually run the ball really, really well. They've got, like, three or four guys there that are over, like, 250 yards yeah, rushing. It, I mean, it's it's a power running game. Yeah, it's a, it is, a big it's offensive line. You know, they're going to they're gonna come right at us. And then they're actually outside running tends to come from the quarterback. Right. Um, they do some design runs. He does a good job getting outside the pocket. And uh, the one thing I, w- I will say is I don't know where their mental state is. They've lost two really tough games in a row. They lost to Georgia Tech in overtime. And frankly, last week they just got – they got completely hosed by the officials. Um, yeah. They were driving down to put the game away against their biggest rival. And they first they got a first down, and they called an illegal shift, which no one could find on on video. And the commentators said, must have been before this, even though they showed like five seconds before the snap, the guy go in motion, and they snapped it. So they back up five yards, throw a touchdown on the next play. They called a chop block when the running back didn't even go low. He hit him it with a chop so block. They just yeah. a double-team block. Yeah. And then, of course, they – Break the field goal, missed it, and then North Carolina goes down and scores a touchdown when the receiver was probably standing out of bounds. Um, so <laughs> I don't – they can't be feeling good about that. And then in the previous game before that, they lost in overtime. So they've got a couple of really, you know, tough losses, but they, they're they solid. They're just they're just really – they're well-coached. They, they, they do a lot of things well. Um, so – yeah, I, I don't. I can't imagine we'll see a Middle Tennessee like performance again. Frankly, so I'm not really worried about that type of thing. But we do need to play well. They're they're a solid team, kind of across. Yeah, this is not a bad. Well. This is not a bad team at all. No, they, they average well. the three backs yeah. average over five yards a, a carry, and that uh, that's kind of pretty good. Yeah, they're, they're physical. They they throw the ball well too. Again, it's all all their their quarterbacks good. So we just got to we got to play well. The one thing you know, we talked about this last week and kind of got away with it, but the coverage bus those will lose you these games like like we got lucky that virginia tech dropped the one that we had last last week i mean those are you can play great defense you know 75 80 85 percent of the time if you have those egregious coverage bus the points will come anyway um so you know that's i I don't honestly at this point it's like beating a dead horse because it happens every game but you cannot just have like Safeties releasing guys uncovered for easy touchdowns. Like you can't do that. Listen, listen. With all that, all that being said, guys, the the, the Canes have a top thirty offense and a top thirty defense, and they're sitting at three and three. Okay, which is the disappointing part when you have you know top thirty offense and a top thirty defense. You know, your your record probably should be better, but we know why, right? We know why. We know why the record is not better. Um, so I won't harp on that, but. You know, everybody that's worried about the defense or worried about the offense, that defense is pretty damn good. And whether they're overachieving or they're just a pretty good defense, um, either way, I'll take it. Right. Like, I don't I don't care. And and we we mentioned him earlier, Akeem Mesidor, that front four is getting a ton of pressure. Just those four. That's why it boggles my mind that they blitz on that third and 15th, third and 15th. Um, it's, it's just, it, that was unbelievable. But, uh, but anyways, you know, you know, you, you're obviously, you're starting to see some really good play from, you know, Gary mentioned Wesley, the Saints here looks huge. Yeah, he does. He looks like a big, he's a big dude already. Okay. Um, that kid's only going to get better. Uh, you saw Caleb Johnson come in and play really well this week. Uh, you saw guys like, um, uh, Corey flag still, still doing his thing, um, with a really nice sack also towards the end of the game. That was really nice to see. Um, and quite frankly, I think that this, uh, this defense is starting to shape up. They're, they're making less mistakes. We still saw some mistakes from a guy like Avante Williams. And, and, and I think that it's not a matter of and, and looking back at it and, and understanding that I think what they're trying, he is just trying to do a, a lot more. He's trying to do too much. And a lot of guys are trying to do too much. They're not, I, I don't think it's that they don't know what they're doing or that they are, um, 
you know, not understanding the play call or anything like that. I just think they're trying to do too much. Avante tried to try to jump a slant route that wasn't even there, right? He got caught out of and caught got caught um you know with that and then had to chase down now still he still was able to chase down that guy right that's a big time play that's what you want um so i think that the defense is going to be fine i think that they are going to game plan accordingly to to be able to 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 contain riley leonard a little bit and then you just got to stop the other stuff right Jalen calhoun is a big time wide receiver for them um and then they're like you like you guys mentioned their running backs are are going to be uh, are going to be tough, but Miami seems to do pretty well with uh, with the running game, stopping the running yeah. game. So, and and I, I think you know we don't want to overcompensate. We're favored by like eight and a half or whatever. Like we should win this game. It's at home, um, but you know I think but I think I think what we're talking about is you know I think preseason Duke was terrible last year, and we thought this is probably our one of our easiest games. It is not. They are actually good. So I think we're trying to like have that context come across but yeah no we should we should be the better team we should win this game like, don't forget there's some guys over there on that on that duke defensive staff that uh probably want to try to put a hurting on this hurricane team a little bit so uh you know uh aristide is over there jeff jess simpson is is over there as well so um elko put together a pretty nice staff yeah, over there well, at, at i only think of one thing when i think of elko so so do, what is do you guys that? know what i'm talking about or no I don't know. He, he's the he's the uh, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator got the field before us and said you know basically spent 15 seconds insulting us and said they've got the chain we're gonna get the ring and then we beat them 41 to eight oh. that's what I think of when, <laughs> that's him he's the <laughs> that's... one who gave that pregame speech that, that got right. caught on a hot mic <laughs> yeah well that yeah that sucks that one didn't didn't that didn't, didn't go his age, way didn't go his way but he's done a great well. job there I mean they're yeah. they're so much better than they were last year. And that's why that's kind of what we're trying to convey here. They they last year that was probably our easiest. Like, remember, didn't they run the opening kickoff back and then we just beat the guard crap out of them after? Yeah, that I think we, like, I they think were not we smoked them. They've been pretty a couple terrible. Years ago, where the where the first play from scrimmage, they went seventy two yards on the run. <laughs> I remember that also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've been they've been under Cutcliffe. They were getting progressively worse. Where like they were a tough ish game that we expected to win, and they were like, "This is a pushover." There and definitely more back into that tough game we should win but like we don't play well they they they, they got enough players to beat us you know what i want to do real quick before we uh before we talk price picks actually let's let's go ahead and and just talk a little bit about price picks uh another great sponsor of the uh six rings cane show price picks uh make sure you guys go to pricepicks.com and uh, when you log in, make sure you sign up and log in and put in the code word five F I V E, and Price Picks will match your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. Here's what's great about Price Picks, right? You can choose and mix and match players from different teams, different uh, sports. Uh, it doesn't really matter, right? You can kind of mix and match it all you want. Here's how it works: you you pick two between two to five players, okay? Then you choose the over under on their individual categories. Okay, uh, and that's really how you win. Then you just sit back and watch them win. So it, it all depends on how much you want to win. Is how many players, how many players you pick. So it's between two to five players. Choose the over under on their individual categories and win. Make sure you go to PricePicks.com. Log in uh, when you sign up. Put the code word F I V E five. The code word is five, and they will match your they will match your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. You don't have to use it all at once either. Uh, so make sure you guys um, do your thing there and sign up to prizepicks.com, code word 5, F-I-V-E. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, I want to kind of do something before we, uh, before we end here. You know, it is the midway point, right, where this is uh, game six. Well, it's going to be game seven now. We've got 12 games in the season. Um, and I kind of want to give some superlatives out, per se, to you know some of the players or t or positions 
on the field that you guys have seen that have been, you know, your most surprising, the, your MVP so far, so on and so forth. Um, kind of want to do something interesting because, you know, uh, we're at that point where we kind of see where this team is and what it, what this team's going to be and maybe what we want them to be moving forward. So I think the first one I really want to go around the horn with is let's, let's say you're – let's go with your – I'll start with the negative first, right? So the biggest disappointment. Uh, so far on the team, whether it's position player or um, I'm sorry, whether it's a player, an actual player or a position on the team. We'll start with you, Blue. Blue, what, what would you take away as your most disappointing right now so far, halfway through the season? It's a no-brainer, running game. They have none. <laughs> nothing consistent. Um, yeah, yeah. I have nothing else you can say. I mean, but um, I mean – I mean, Parrish is running really well. Uh, just, I don't want to single out Rooster as being the only guy because, you know, a lot of people kind of gave me feedback on uh, on Franklin too and said, oh, you know, he's a big guy and he turns his back when he gets to the line of scrimmage. And so it's on him as well. And then, so I think it encompasses the uh, entire running game. Yeah. DJ, who's, uh, what's your biggest disappointment so far? He hasn't been awful, but I w- would have loved to see more out of Frank Ladson so far this season. Um, I thought he was really going to be a veteran that would step up and maybe even be a number one target for Tyler Van Dyke. And he's made – we've seen spurts of impact from Ladson, but he hasn't turned into the deep threat target that I thought he would be when he first transferred here. Vish, what do you, how do you feel about that, the biggest disappointment? Yeah, for me it's the safeties. Um, we were trying to, we were saying we got three that 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 are great, and how are we going to get all three of these on the field? And I can't find two I want to play right now. So, and no one's injured there. They're just not like between. I mean, both the Williams are not 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 um not up to what I expected. Like you like you said, there's there's some good stuff there, but my expectations for that position were were so loaded there we might have to like put one at linebacker or figure something out to get all three of them on the field. And right now, I mean, Kinchins I think has been pretty, pretty damn good. And kind of what yeah. I expected, uh, the, the position next to him, I'm just not up to, again, not terrible, but my expectations were like sky high coming into the year for that position. They've not lived up to it. Yeah. Um, you know, <sighs> uh, my biggest disappointment is really going to be that offensive line for me. Right, which obviously plays into what what Blue was saying, the running game. Uh, I just thought, you know, I know the high. I know everybody last year overhyped Zion Nelson. We saw he didn't, he wasn't great last year, and then they kind of overhyped him again this year, and he's played ten snaps. You know what I mean? The all the whole season. So, um, you know, it, it's not all their fault. You know, this is a this is a mishmash of offensive guys. I think the only two constants are two. Two or three constants have been the left side, right? Uh, Jonathan Campbell, Jana Rivers, and Ja'Kai Clark. The other side has struggled significantly, but to be honest, with you, the whole entire the whole entire line has kind of struggled. When one when one guy screws up his assignment, it, it ruins everything else on the line. So, um, you know, I, I expected a little bit more from the line, considering you know we've got guys that have been here for three or four years already, and some that have been <laughs> playing college football for six years on that line. So I think that at this point, you know, it's a little bit of a disappointment. I think that I uh, was hoping for them to be a little bit better than they have been. So that's mine. Uh, MVP of the team so far. Who do you got, Vish? Lou Headley? Yeah. <laughs> I would laugh. That's the, He's the that's only one that's played pick. well every game. I mean, we've had other guys, you know, inconsistently or, or someone like Colby Young really didn't play until the last – game i mean i'll I'll, i won't mention other names because there are other options but he's the guy i've seen like every time he plays he delivers um there are other players also obviously so i'll 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 leave that to dj blue i think we i think if no one says that you can circle that straight i'll give you some other ones but i'll go ahead dj who's your mvp so far from a consistency standpoint lou headley would be the most logical choice um, but I won't go Lou Headley, even though I think he probably has been the most consistent. I, I, I've, I've really liked the play of Corey Flagg so far this year. I've thought he's really played well at the linebacker spot. He's really kind of been able to, you know, feel comfortable in this defense, and you can tell by his play he's aggressive. I know he's had an up-and-down 
tenure, so to speak, at at Miami. But this year, he's looked really comfortable in the defensive scheme, and you know he's really stood out in some of these games. I'm gonna I'm gonna go before Blue takes my guy because you say, know I'm gonna take it, right? Akeem Mesador. That's who I was gonna take. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, I mean he's he definitely he has been. Uh, the best player on defense, uh, you know, cl- followed closely behind Flag and, and Ken Kitchens. I think they both have had really good seasons so far as well. Uh, but Akeem Mesador is just absolutely dominant on that line. Um, you know, he's getting that the national recognition recognition that he deserves now. So, um, you know, not much more to say about that, but that he's been he's been dominant and he has helped helped that defensive line get better as well. Some of the other guys like. Uh, uh, mentioned like Lichtenstein has had has has played well when he's in there. Leonard Taylor has been a little more consistent recently uh, with Mez- Mesador back, so um, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch. Blue, you can say Mesador. I want to be time. first next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, always last. Uh, I'm always last. So, Jazz has know, the power of the pulpit. He can yeah. do whatever he wants. Yeah. I'm, I'm always last, anyways. <laughs> I might as well get in there because well, I just always say it. I'm gonna take one of each. I'm gonna take uh, Koi Flag because you know I've been on his. bandwagon and obviously Mesador. I mean, I mean, here's a guy who may, may work himself into a first round in the NFL draft pick. You know, if he keeps, if he keeps up this and then has good camps and uh, he's, he's a stud, you know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's a shame that they don't have other guys that could ease him a little bit because you're looking at, um, by the way, uh, Harvey has played pretty good. He's played. Okay. Yeah. He's He's played pretty good recently. also, Uh, but you you look at the kid who's playing for the Dolphins who had the one year with the Hurricanes, and, and the only reason he wasn't better is because he didn't have anybody else on the other side, and he kind of like got double and triple team. But now you see him as an F- NFL player, and he's one of the best pass rushers in the game right now. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's really yeah. good. So I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know what else we can think about right now, but uh, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, if, if you had to choose – I guess if you had to choose one position on the team that could really be like the most improved, I think that's probably the the, the best question. Most improved position on the team. Oh, we got some of those on there, huh? All right. Um, Anyone want a date before I block this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Blue, who is your most improved position on the field for the Hurricanes? Um, I'd probably have to say, you know, maybe the defensive secondary because, uh, you know, the play, as you just mentioned, of Cam Kenshin's, uh certainly Ivy's stepped up at a lot, a lot of times um, because I can't think of any, you know, I don't know if there's any other place that's improved. Uh, you know, I mean, a running game back, running game hasn't. Quarterback plays pretty much stayed the even. Receiver hasn't. I mean, you could say tight end, but it's just recently that um, hey, did we find out how how long he's going to be out for? Um, Who's Will? that? Uh, Will Mallory? Oh, yeah. Apparently, uh, Coach Cristobal said that he is looking really healthy. He okay. Yeah. But you know he's done well. But I can't see a position that really is surprised. I mean, in a positive way. I mean, that we didn't figure. Um, Offensive line hasn't, running backs haven't. On the defensive side, defensive line hasn't been terrible. I mean, it's been good. The front seven gets hindered sometimes because, excuse me, because you don't have the, uh, you know, the quality Pinkney, Quarterman, linebacker type guys. You know, you have good, you have very functional linebackers, as we said with Corey Flagg and, you know, when Wesley's in there. But I would have to say that would be a position. Uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, he, but he he's in protocol, so hopefully, I mean, if he's looking healthy, hopefully he gets a nod. I think. Yeah, he's I think a he's I'm a saying. factor, though. He's a, definitely a factor, and he's been in the last couple of games. And I, I agree. You know what a big I, body I, he's got. I think I think Justice is the only one that that looks like a doubt to play in terms of. And and it looks like we might the get offensive Jordan. lineman. A, a yeah, show? yeah. I, I wasn't gonna go for it, but you went for it. Um, and, and it looks like we might get who? I'm sorry. Um, it looks like we might get Jacoby George back. So, oh yeah, he did say that he, he might was, be he's back. Been practicing, right. So, and yeah, uh, so only a couple sure. more weeks for for X Blue. Yeah, a couple more weeks for X. That's, that's okay. A, that's well, you know what? The only 
drawback there is he's going to take him a f- you know a little bit to get back in the in the swing of things. And, right. Um, yeah, but I get, with the with the emergence of Colby Young on the outside, you might have a lot easier job than the one he left when he uh, yeah, <laughs> which was basically the entire passing offense. This is um, yeah, so, and also and also Mallory too. Yeah, and Ladson's uh, coming along. You can kind of see something happening there once we. Get that's good because spot. for me, that's the most improved position is the wide receivers. Um, since the, the first game, it is when it isn't. <laughs> I mean, it, I thought you asked since last year. No, 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 no. This just this year from oh, over the to, course of the year. Over the course um, of this year, that's, I, okay. I think it's definitely the the, the wide. That's receiver. a question that you can answer yes and no. That's yeah, yeah, but about it. but I mean, recently, right? Obviously, you're still not seeing you know guys that are blowing the top off the defenses and stuff like that. But look, the Vish mentioned the emergence of Kobe Young has been huge. Frank Lassen is starting to play a little bit better. Brashard Smith. Rashard Smith is having some monster games. He's just not scoring yet, but no. you're seeing he's explosive, right? They're, they're on some of those uh, swing passes or screen uh, screen plays. He's taking the ball and, and take, getting eight to ten yards yeah, uh, and sometimes a little bit more. So I like what he's doing as well. Um, you know, getting Jacoby George back is going to be big. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment, and I'm not saying it's because of him, but just the fact that Romello Brinson hasn't been able to really – get going at all you know considering how talented he is uh i feel like uh he's the kind of guy that i wanted to see really kind of break out um but we just haven't been able to for one reason or another you know sometimes that's that stuff happens you kind of get lost in the shuffle and that that happens to a lot of kids but i felt like maybe he um at this point might have been more involved in the offense and uh you know whatever the case is they're just not getting him the ball because i know he's been open on a lot of routes they're just not getting him the ball. So I don't know what it is. I know that sometimes they say TVD favors some guys over some others, but you can't really fault him for favoring Will Mallory, considering, you know, what he's been doing. He is, uh, you know, his his security blanket slash, you know, when you need a big play on a fourth down or a third down, he's probably the guy he's going to go to. So you can't really fault him for that. But I think the wide receiver. Yeah, I'm not favorite. buying this favoring thing. I mean, he Brinson dropped, dropped a touchdown against Middle Tennessee. So I – and Colby Young hadn't played at all, and then he's going to him on like the biggest play of the game. All of a sudden, that's not. Yeah. Some know. guys perform, others don't. Is what it is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 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 that's a hundred percent. You know, I mean, and uh, well, yeah. Gary, it does look like he might get Stevenson's back, so he'll definitely try to pick the ball up even if it does bounce. So uh, no worries there. Great. Oh, uh, I, I, more seriously, um, hopefully Brashard stays back there. I think he's been much yes. better. Yes, please. Please keep Richard back there. Um, DJ, do you have anybody, uh, anybody, or any positions most improved for you? I was going to say defensive line, just because of the impact that you know some of the transfers have made. Mesador, we've been talking about him all show, and he's really kind of helped stabilize the defensive line position. And um, Jafari Harvey, he's had a pretty solid year. He's not putting up you know all American statistics, but he's getting the job done. And like and like you guys kind of mentioned. Um, they're they're able to complement each other really well, and you know I've also heard uh, Daryl Jackson's name being mentioned a couple times on the broadcast, so he's getting involved as well, and it's really good to see uh, the defensive line kind of find its groove and and you know establish an identity in terms of pass rushing as well. I mean, Mesador has I believe two and a, uh, two and a half sacks. No, he says no. Sorry, he has five sacks. Yeah, and then. Um, yeah, two and, and a half, half last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's missed like a game and a half or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. Harvey, the, so. the answer Gary's question, yeah. we do predictions. Remember, I mean, Vish had the 59 nothing game that we he stopped doing oh, after that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ruined predictions to the point that we don't do them anymore. We usually do them on the pregame show if we do them, but I think we're probably out of that out of that business at this point. Yeah. I'm glad I don't put money on any of these games. I'll tell I'll I'll say that right now. I hate predictions. How did this thing get past my filter and like regenerate after? I've I don't know, it? man. Listen, you're the IT guy, bro. You better, you know, fi- figure that out, Vish. There, uh, I mean, apparently, someone really wants a date. You know, <laughs> yeah, they they seriously it won't even let me block it because like I already blocked it and they somehow slipped past. You saw it show back up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Don't worry about it. Um, we right, will. Right, right. Well, there you go. We'll finish off with this. Uh, your keys to the game. Um, against uh, Duke, we'll uh, kind of go around the horn on that, and we'll start with uh, Blue. We'll start with you. What's your 
uh, at least give me one key to the game. Penalties. Uh, you can't. <laughs> yeah. no, <shit. laughs> I couldn't be. I mean, come on. That that's the thing that in Miami. I think if you play these two teams straight up, Miami's got a better team. But you add in penalties, and uh, things kind of slant a little bit. And uh, it certainly led a inferior Virginia Tech game uh, team back in the game. So I would think, uh, you know, I, I would think that that's that's the one thing we've got to limit. Um, you went from, I mean, it just, I don't know how Mario addressed it, but like you said, I'm sure he got into, he's getting into people's faces all week about that. Uh, uh, but uh, that's what I think. A key to the game is to limit your penalties. Yep. And th- there's one specific penalty that I know he wasn't too happy about towards the end of that game on defense that uh, I'm surprised he didn't bring his neck out uh, right there on the, on, on the, uh, on the side. I'm sure you guys know which one I'm talking about, but uh uh, DJ, we'll go with you now. What's your key to the game? Playing all four quarters. Uh, don't let your foot off the gas even in the fourth quarter. Riley Leonard in the Duke running game that we talked about earlier will make you pay. And so playing all four quarters and not getting complacent and resting on your laurels, just finish the job and you can rest when the final whistle sounds. I like it. I like it. I like it. Bish, what do you got? I think we're going to need to run the ball. Like, so, uh, some. Some. It doesn't – we've got to keep them honest, especially – I think one of the things – I mean, Virginia Tech couldn't move the ball at all, and North Carolina can run, but they're looking to throw, score quickly. If we can't possess the ball here, Duke will grind on our defense, and we can wear down by the end of the game. They're physical. They're, they want to – they want those long drives as well. And if we can't, you know, hold the ball a little bit, three incompletions and out – it's not going to work well against the way that Duke plays. So nope. we don't need to. We don't need to have seven yards of carry and just run over them. But you know, we don't. But need I'll to, take that. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I will take what Michigan did to Manny Diaz's defense. Yeah. Yes, I'll take that. But, but it had um, to be. You had to say something about it for sure. God, I'm so annoyed. We blew that. I was enjoying that so much. I had it on my other screen. I'm like, look at this. Then all of a sudden, we're about, about to blow this Virginia Tech game. Yeah, they took all my enjoyment away. They couldn't even let me enjoy that. But, no, but I mean, I, we got to keep them honest. We got to be able to to grind out some yards, get some first downs on the ground as well, so that way we can give the deep, our defense a chance to kind of recover a little bit. Because even when Duke goes three and out, they're physical and you feel it. So. So, so you know, we do we do need to to at least not immediately get our defense back on the field and have them have to go through that again. So, just some some semblance of a running game. I'll I'll bring one up because I think these, this is going to be important because we don't do much of this. We haven't been doing much of this, and it's causing turnovers. You know, we we saw when we cause turnovers, that plays well into our hands. Okay, we're able to kind of just turn it around, get that momentum, score a few points. Um, I think if we we cause a couple of turnovers, we, we you know whether it's pressure on Riley, on Riley Leonard, he throws the ball away, he throws it erratically, or we cause a couple fumbles. I don't care how we get them. Let's get some some damn turnovers. I need two or three turnovers this game, uh, so we can um, turn that into some quick points. I know you know I know the whole stigma of you know we, we suck in the red zone and you know we're still not great in the red zone, but um, we're a little bit better now. And if we continue to improve. We get some turnovers and we start building that momentum that way. I think uh, that could bode well for for the Canes as well. So, yeah, no, Gary, we're not doing any predictions today. We're not going to do it. But uh, so I will just say on the red zone stuff. Um, you know, last week we kicked two field goals inside the twenty, but they were first and ten on the fourteen, first and ten on the thirteen. I think we throw the term red zone around a little loosely. Those are if you kick a field goal from that. Look, you do need to score some touchdowns. That's okay. <laughs> It's yeah. the, the the first and goal from the four resulting in not scoring because we tried four plays and couldn't score. Those are the ones that are yeah. Those we didn't happen. have any of those last week, although we kind of scored from farther out. So right. um a little bit different game, so we didn't really get tested in that, but yeah. Man, um ties into my point. Get the running game going, that's easier then. Yeah, no kidding. Um pregame show will be on again. The game time is twelve thirty again. So it'll be a twelve thirty game here at home. Pre-game show will be at 11.30. So make sure you guys keep it locked here on the 5 Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Uh, 11.30 a.m. on Saturday morning as the pregame show as we um, go through some news and notes real quick uh, from uh, for Duke. And then we will have a postgame as well followed, uh, followed up after the game. So make sure you guys keep it locked here. Always, by the way, every Monday, 
Make sure you keep it locked. Monday nights, 8.30 p.m. here on the Five Rings Sports YouTube channel, Six Rings Canes. Follow us on Twitter at Six Rings, Six Ring Canes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Smash the like button. Make sure you guys uh, support, and uh, we'll be here for you covering Miami Hurricanes football. Make sure you, again, check us out Saturday morning, 11.30 a.m. for the Six Rings Canes pregame show as the Miami Hurricanes take on the Duke Blue Devils at 12.30 p.m. Blue, DJ, Vish. Always a pleasure, guys. We'll see you guys on Saturday. Adios. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.